when we celebrate joy. <laughs> You're working your way up to it, kind of like, you know, it's like, he's going to make us say it again, so we better say something, you know, so. Uh, this is a good Sunday. I like torturing my congregation. It's quite enjoyable. <laughs> So um, we have been working on this heaven on earth, uh, and as you know, that comes from uh, the Lord's Prayer, the first part of the Lord's Prayer, which is just so powerful. I think I could spend all of my life just trying to get in line uh, with with the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And so that's our our memory verse uh, together. So let's, let's say this together. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6, 9, and 10. Well, this Sunday uh, is, of course, uh, joy. Uh, And so um, we're going to talk about joy. That is a realistic view of joy, right? You know, I just had grandkids, and so I'm telling you, that's a realistic way uh, of of looking at it there. Um, But but here's kind of the point I want to make with that. Uh, joy and happy are not the same thing, okay? They're, they're very different sorts of things. You can have joy and not be in a particularly happy place. And even stuff like this, I'm pretty sure this brought joy to grandma and grandpa's heart. I don't know about mom and dad, but grandma and grandpa's heart, look at that, and just have great joy. Here's the deal. Happy is an emotion, okay? Uh, but, but joy is, is not. Joy is something that gives rise to emotions sometimes, Like love is not an emotion, but love gives rise to emotions. Amen? Yeah. And joy is in that same kind of category. It's much, much more than just the emotional part of it. And so before we even start into this, I just uh, kind of want to say we live in a world filled with suffering and pain. Amen? And, And I don't want this to be a sermon that says, you know, somehow if, if you were really right spiritually, you'd go around like this all the time, you know, the kind of the happy Christian thing. Anybody remember that? I, when I was growing up, there were a group of people that if you weren't smiling, there was something wrong with you spiritually, you know, and it was like, you take about a day of that and you're like, ah, you know, uh, we live in a world where followers of Jesus suffer a great deal, sometimes for the cause of Christ, but, but just in, in general. And, and a number of us have had people that have gone on to be with Jesus since last Christmas. And this is going to be the first Christmas with an empty seat. Uh, I remember the first Christmas when my dad passed away and, and we, had the, we would have Christmas at our house um, and, and there was a seat where he always sat, one of the chairs, he liked that one best, he'd kind of claimed it and well, if dad claims a seat, it's dad's seat and so I, I remember as we gathered, I hadn't really thought about that because for me, Christmas is pretty busy, right, you know, but that Christmas morning and there was no one in that chair. And for that whole Christmas kind of thing, it just was really, really awkward, you know, just we all looked at the chair, nobody wanted to sit in the chair, you know, and we just, we just missed him. I, I still miss him, right? Every Christmas I think about him, you know, and, and my mom, and, and in my case, and my sister, and, and I'm going to go be with some family, and, and there's going to be some missing seats in, in that. We, it, it's okay to be in a place where there's sorrow. It's okay to be in a place where there's sorrow, yeah, it's important that, that, we, that we mourn. Others of you, uh, Christmas is just a hard time for, for other reasons. And, and I, I just want you to know that, that the joy of the Lord doesn't negate sorrow and sadness 
and mourning, okay? In fact, there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. It's all about lament, you know, about the hard things that, that happen to us. And, and so we take that seriously here. It, it, it's okay. And so I, I just want to say this. Chris, if Christmas is a sad time for you, you're among friends. It's okay to be sad today. Amen? Okay, so that is not what what joy is. But let's take a look at at joy this morning. And we heard from Isaiah 55, which is my favorite passage, uh, chapter. People ask, you have a favorite verse? No, I just can't narrow it down to a verse. I have a favorite chapter, and it's Isaiah 55. And I want to direct this this morning to Isaiah 9, another passage that talks about joy. Uh, And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Isaiah uh, chapter 9. And it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Now think about that for a minute, right? If you're living in darkness, and, and I, this was kind of an emotional thing, not a, you know, the sun didn't come up kind of deal. When you're in that dark place, in that place it's like deeply dark, uh, then he goes on to say, um, you have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Now that's interesting. In the middle of all of that darkness, the joy of the Lord comes along. They rejoice, which is the action of expressing joy, before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. Now, I try to understand scripture, you know, and relate it to me, but honestly, I grew up in a a small town, and I have never been involved in a harvest. You know, I'm glad they harvest stuff because it makes for good stuff on the dinner table, but I've never done. And I have certainly never been a warrior dividing the plunder. I know that may come as a surprise to some of you, but I have never been a warrior dividing the plot. So I've been trying to figure out what, what, is, what is the thing that is equivalent for, for me, the, the dark night of the soul that, that in the midst of all of that there brings joy. And here's what I think it is. I think it's the birth of my children. When my kids were born, I had this powerful experience. It was certainly emotional. Some of you know, there's a little story behind my daughter when she was born and she was in really bad trouble and we didn't know whether she could make it, blah, 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 blah. But there was just joy in, in her arrival and there was joy when she was kind of out of the woods and it's like, oh, this, this wonderful sort of thing. And the same thing with my son when he was born, there was, there was joy. And here's why I go to that experience. Because that joy certainly included strong emotions but it was bigger than the emotions. I have to tell you, I loved being a parent. And I am even enjoying being the parent of adult children in all of this. And sometimes, as much as I love my children, and as much as they bring me joy, sometimes they drive me crazy. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Bill Cosby used to say something that I've always thought was great parental truth. I brought you into this life, I can take you out. And we laugh at that because we've all felt that in that moment, not literally, you know, I'm just kidding with all of that. But there's something about parenting where even when it's hard and it's difficult and your kids are driving you crazy, there is this underlying joy that you have your children. Amen? And I I think that's what I think about it. It's not, strictly speaking, an emotion. It's more than that, way more than that. So let's, let's talk about joy a little bit. So joy is a big deal in our faith. I mean, it's a big deal. In Hebrew, which is what the Old Testament is written in, there are 15 words for joy, okay? And one of them appears 150 times, and another one almost 100 times. 
I mean, that's a lot of joy, even in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, which of course is much shorter, there are eight words for joy, one of which appears 60 times in the New Testament alone. I mean, it's just all over the place. But, but here's the problem. Um, in English, joy is a passing emotion. In fact, we don't really use it very much anymore in our day-to-day you know, things. Um, it's kind of an old-fashioned word for happy or like very happy kind of thing, you know. Sometimes when our kids get their presents, we'll talk about the joy that they have. But it's not always quite like that because you, you all remember that stage when you, they're young and you buy them presents and you're like really excited about that and they get it and they're joyful. Then they set it aside and play with the box, you know. It's like, oh, you know, you think they have joy in the toy you gave them and their joy is in the box. And so it's, it's just kind of a crazy sort of thing. It's, it's a passing uh, emotion the way we talk about it uh, today. Uh, it's short term, uh, that sort of thing. So the way I think about this is um, how many of you have ever bought a car that was either new or new to you and you really liked it? Yeah, I mean, most of us have had that experience if you've lived, lived long enough. Um, my, we don't have pets in our home. There's allergies in the family and all that kind of thing. And so uh, when we, a couple of different cars, when we've got them, I think Jody adopted them as pets. She was like, really, you know, on, and the, the big one was the very first car we ever bought. We bought it brand new, drove it off the lot, haven't done that since, uh, because a couple years old is much better. But anyway, so it was a Honda Accord. Okay, and it was red, and, and she, we were fresh out of college. She had a good job. I had a good job. We had no kids, so we had extra money. Um, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and so she drove that, and it was great, and then the Lord called me to go to seminary, and so we went to seminary. She brought her red car with her to seminary, and we were in Kansas City, and they have this thing in Kansas City that they don't have most places, and it's like ice you cannot stand up on, Right? because they're kind of in this, this corner, this way Kansas City is. They'll get like really cold air and snow, and then they'll get warm air that'll melt stuff a little bit. Then they'll get cold air again at night, and, and so you get this ice. And we were driving to church. You'd think the Lord would watch out for us when we're driving to church. Uh, driving to church, we had to go up over this little hill and then, then down the other side. And as soon as we started down, I had no control over the car. We were just on our ride. Jana was real little and in the back, and our car started to do this. And I began to panic because I knew a little further up at the bottom of this place, there was about a 30, 40 foot drop and I did not want to go off there. The Lord was gracious. We went off about 10 feet before we would have gone a long way. And the car was going fast enough that the ditch, it kind of flew across the ditch and then went down like that, right? And when you go down like that hard with a car, it bends the frame. And when I, I saw it later where it was at, you could get three tires on the ground anytime you wanted couldn't get the fourth ever. You know, I, I would poke it and the back would come up and let go and then it'd go down. And, and, and Jody grieved the loss of that Honda, right? You know, it was like, oh, that's my, you know. And so a new car is a pretty classic example of, of happiness versus joy. Happy when you get it. Unhappy when it crashes, you know. And, and so that's, that's kind of the way we deal with life. And we sometimes talk about joy like that. But joy is much, much deeper it's more resilient. It's based on different things. Happy is based kind of on circumstances, but, but joy is not. So here's my definition of how joy works. In the Bible, joy is our response to God's action in the world. So if happiness is based on circumstances, joy is based on the work of God in the world. And that is solid. 
That is powerful. That, that's different than emotions that, that come in God, come, come and go. Uh, it, it's God breaking into our world and making a difference. It's God moving around us and working in all sorts of ways uh, to create change and to make the world a better place and to move us in the right direction. In fact, a lot of the passages about joy have to do when the children of Israel are in captivity and then God releases them, right? And it's like joy, it's explosions of joy. And, and the same thing applies when the coming of the Messiah, that, that a lot of our passages come out of that. And in fact, um, you all are probably familiar, this is one of the, the most well-known verses about joy. Um, uh, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Everybody knows that one. But what most people don't know is that that's Ezra, after the Israelites have come out and, and Nehemiah is kind of the wall and all of that, and they've just read the word of the Lord. They found the scrolls with the, the word of the Lord, the Bible, if you will. And, and they're, they're reading all these things and it's like, we fall short in this area and we fall short in that area. And, we, you know, and there's just kind of this deep sense of failure and shame in them for not having lived up to all of that. And in the midst of that, Ezra says to them, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's not about how your performance is working. It's about what God is doing. Amen? I mean, that's good news. So joy is about connection to what God has done and is doing. Andy Stanley, famous preacher, um, now with the Lord, said this, happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy depends on a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's at the heart of what I, I need to make that extinction. And extinction, distinction. <laughs> not extinction, we're not getting rid of this. A distinction, different, yeah, okay. I paid a lot of money for my education. I may need a refund, I don't know. Uh, so, so um, I forgot where I was going. Let's go on to the next point. <laughs> Joy comes from the deep awareness that God is among us and actively working in your life and in the world. Joy. Joy comes from the deep awareness that God is amongst us. God is here. God is here. Oh, good. God is here and working in us, okay? And he's actively working in your life and in the world around you. God is at work in all kinds of ways in your life you may not even be aware of. You may not know what he's doing, but he's at work. And, he's, and, and when you understand that, when you get a hold of that, the response is joy. It's not always happiness, when the Lord made me go off to seminary and we're poor and it was five years of the hardest years of my life, I did not experience happiness at all, anywhere. And the car got cracked up and you've heard the story. But I experienced joy. I knew God was at work in my life. I knew God was actively moving and, and making things happen, even if they were, they were hard. And so joy is so much more than a feeling. Uh, and, and, and it exists even in difficult circumstances. Okay? So... Um, you even see this with the, the angels and the announcement. You remember Christ is born, uh, the angels come to shepherds, right? And in ancient society, shepherds were the bottom of the bottom. Nobody cared about them. They were regarded as disposable. In fact, they would often die if they tried to protect the flock from, you know, a lion or a bear or something that would, would happen. And, and they come to them and they say, I bring you good news that will, be, will cause great joy for all people, announcing the birth of Christ. And they say, hey, let's go and see this thing. Let's go see the Messiah, right? And so they got joy because they know that God is at work. Messiah has come. They see the baby and it's all great. And maybe in some ways the most important part of that story is this. When they were all done... They went back to being shepherds, to being the bottom of society, to being the one that nobody cared about, that thought was disposable, that had a hard job, they slept outside, all of those sorts of things. And yet they had 
joy. Because they'd seen the Messiah. They saw what God was doing. So here's what this comes down to in some sense. You are not alone. God is actively working in your life. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are not alone. Now say, God is actively working in your life. And for some of you who are a little doubtful, I just want to say to you, yes, he is. Some of you need to hear that, okay? <laughs> I'd say, say that, but then that might not be so good. So, so here's what I know. Uh, Christian joy is grounded in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen? There's something that God does in, in the midst of all of that. That, that it is the resurrection, is the new good news that the power of sin and death is broken. Amen? Okay, that's the Easter, so you got to keep going because Easter's coming. Okay, the power of sin and death is broken and Jesus is alive. Amen. Yeah, good. Uh, and that's at, at the heart of all that God wants to do in us. That, that death, there's death to death and we're going to live uh, eternally and we're going to uh, be in heaven with, with Christ in all of that, okay? Um, so that's the resurrection in the New Testament is where our joy comes from. I don't care how bad your, your circumstances are, when you think about the resurrection and the fact that suffering does not last forever, amen, we should, there's a joy. It doesn't make us happy necessarily, but there's joy. You got a secret that you're going to live forever and suffering will not last forever, okay? So uh, Psalms 100, uh, it says, uh, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his, okay? We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are his. You belong to God, (laughs) You, I, it's just so powerful to think about that because we get to thinking we're on the, our own. We get to thinking that, you know, the circumstances of life are in control and all of that. And that's just not the truth. God is the one that is moving amongst you. You uh, belong to, to him uh, in, in Jesus Christ. Um, so I want to back up just a little bit because I missed something here. I want to see if we pull it up. Um, so here's the one I missed. The joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. Amen? Amen? That's at the heart of it. Uh, The children of Israel had great suffering, but they remembered that one day the Messiah was going to come, right? And for them, even that was generational, right? That God, hey, tell your children, tell your grandchildren, one day the suffering will end in in all of our life. And so they had this deep sense that God was not done writing the story of them and their people and Israel. And so I want to say to you, you are in the middle of the story of your life. You are not at the end. By virtue of the fact that you're sitting here and breathing, and I'm not standing over you reading scripture about heaven, you're here still. You're in the middle of the story. And it may be dark and difficult and painful. It may look like all is lost, but God is not done writing your story yet. Amen. He's involved in all of that. Uh, and and here's, here's the deal uh, with all of that. I Just kind of a little... How many of you have ever read Min- Min- Mysteries? <laughs> Can't talk. Read Mysteries, yeah? Okay, of those of you who've read Min- Mysteries, I want to say Ministries. <laughs> wow! Mysteries... <laughs> How many of you jumped to the end to see who did it? Oh, good. We got two or three honest people in our congregation. <laughs> I, I, I do that. I can't take it. And it's like, I don't know who's at the end, you know. So I jumped to the end. Here's the deal. How many of you read the book of Revelation? 
You jumped to the end to see who wins, didn't you, right? Good news, God wins. That's the, that's the end of the story. And so I, I just want to read to you to kind of encourage you this passage from the end of the book of Revelation. There's one more chapter that gets into some details, but this is where God draws a picture of what the, the life to come is like. Revelation 21 uh, says this, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, okay? And, and the, our current earth is beautiful. How many of you saw the sunrise this morning? Yeah. I'll tell you, we had someone come in at our eight o'clock service, one of our real regulars, and said, did you see that sunrise? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm in here doing stuff. He said, I almost didn't come to church today. I'm like, wait, wait, no. Anyway, it was beautiful. I wonder what the sunrises are going to be like in heaven. Hmm. For the first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and there is no longer any sea. I saw the holy sea, the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I've done a lot of weddings in my life, and I cried when Jody showed up at the back for mine, and I have watched great big manly men cry when they turn the corner and they come, okay? That's a, that's a wonderful uh, image. Um, so then he goes on. Hear a voice loud coming from the throne saying, Uh, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said to John, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. I can't wait. We are going to have such a great time when we get there with the new heaven and the new earth and being a part of of all of that. Um, One Hebrew word for joy, I think, especially uh, gets at it. It's simcha. Say simcha. Yeah, you should get the person in front of you wet with a chaf kind of part of it, okay? And, and it carries the idea of gladness or mirth or to be bright or to shine. That's kind of the light thing. To spring. How many of you spring? When I was five, I spring, sprung. I don't spring anymore. To leap. I don't do that anymore either. Exalt, shouting, to go in a circle. And for the longest time I ponder, what does the go in a circle mean? That, you know, I just think it's about somebody, you know, five-year-old spinning around in a circle. I'm like, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Then one day I'm watching a thing, and they show a, a bunch of uh, Jews dancing. Do you know how Jews dance? They go around in a circle. Yeah, they go in a circle. And so, so this is this idea uh, of dancing. So when we get to heaven, I am going to dance before the Lord. And you all are going to pray he heals my dancing ability before then, right? Because otherwise it's going to be ugly. You're all going to be, oh, that's my pastor. Sorry. I'm so sorry. You know? We're going to dance and, and be a part of, of all that God is doing. He's given us all the joy of God's people is not determined by their struggles, but by their future destiny. Okay? That, that's why we can have joy in the midst of very uh, difficult circumstances. Now let's see if I can catch up to where I was before. Um, Psalm, that's the last one we did, right? All right. So, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Did we go all this far? Uh, His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. Heaven, okay? uh, His faithfulness continues through all generations. That the God who is faithful to you is the God who will be faithful to your children and your grandchildren. 
okay? The God who was faithful to your parents and your grandparents is the God who is with you today. And all the things that they did in their lives, they can do in, in your life as well, okay? Joy is spiritual. It's not material, it's not circumstantial, it, it, it's spiritual. Um, joy doesn't wipe out suffering, okay? And I, and I know this because when I was growing up, I grew up in a really little church and we had testimony services. How many had testimony services sometime? Yeah, that'd be fun to do here, but there's too many of you. Uh, and so, so what would happen is people would stand up and talk and the, the most powerful, the ones I actually only probably paid attention to was like the little old ladies and little old men when they would stand up. And I knew some of their stories because it was a small church. And they would be talking about their, this was hard and that was hard. And sometimes they would kind of start to tell stories that would kind of go on for a while. And I hoped more people would testify because then the preacher wouldn't preach because it got too close to the hour. So it was like, yes, you know. Yeah, like you guys didn't do that too, you know. But the thing I learned is they would get to the end of the story of woe and pain and suffering and losses. My, my grandmother buried three husbands, right? You know, lost a couple of babies, that whole sort of thing. And at the end of it, the, they would say, but I have the joy of the Lord. Amen. And I thought, that's integrity. I, I, you know, at, at 15 to say, I have the joy of the Lord. You don't know nothing, kiddo, you know. But at 85, 90, having suffered and God, the joy, it, it's spiritual. It was way beyond their circumstances because their circumstances, quite frankly, stunk. But God was doing something in their lives. And then the New Testament takes it to a whole new level, this spiritual idea. Galatians 5 says, but, uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy. You see what it's saying here? Joy comes from the Spirit. And the Spirit of God working in us. It's not something you can work up and, and try and be happy and smile and all those sorts of things. It's God's work. It's spiritual God working in your life. And you will never experience God's joy by trying to get there with stuff Amen. or achievements or whatever we try and fill that hole. Joy and all of the fruit of the Spirit is a byproduct of the working of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen? Hey. In fact, you may even need to declutter your life a little bit. You may need to get some things out of there so there's time and, and resources to focus on what God wants to do, to, to, to listen to the Spirit in, in all of that. You might need to make time for God in order to uh, get through whatever's going on and, and let go of the past and, and experience all of those sorts of things in your life. Amen? Yeah, not quite as thrilled about that one, but that's okay. So let's talk about uh, discovering joy. Um, uh, the, the key, one of the keys, we're going to talk about two things here, but one of the keys is remember. Remember, I've told you over and again, remember is key to the Christian faith. We're being told all the time to remember. They built altars in the Old Testament so that the next generation would remember the miracle that God had done. I hope you are building altars in your lives as you're raising your children where they say, hey, what's that all about? That's about how God worked in our life in a powerful kind of way at that time uh, in us. When we take communion, do this in remembrance of me. Remember what God has done, okay? So here's a quote. I don't know where I got this. is not me. don't know, remember where I got it from, but it's so good. Okay, the more you remember what God has done, the easier it is to see what God is doing. Isn't that good? I, 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 I 
I tried to look it up this morning to see if I could get the, and I can't. But the more you remember what God has done in your life and in Israel's life and in your family's life, the more you remember God's, the easier it is to see what God is doing. Because it's a continuation of the God who is same today, yesterday, today, and forever. So, some things to remember. Remember, God is with you. Amen. Say, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. The very name of God is that God is with you. And you can't get away from that. Right? You realize that playing hide-and-seek with God is a seriously bad idea, you know? Because God knows where you are all the time. And you, so you can't escape it. So if you, well, God isn't with me and I don't feel him, that's the key. The presence of God in your life has nothing to do with feelings. Amen? Okay. God is with you. Look at the person next to you and say, God is with you. Okay. And remember, God wins. We've read the end of the book. Next time somebody asks, have you ever had a mystery and skipped to the end, you all have to raise your hand because you said you read, read Revelation. So you skipped to the end and you read what God did. God wins. God win- Say God wins. God wins. Okay, and then heaven is our home. Whatever the suffering is, it's temporary. One day Jesus will say, that's it, you're done. And we tend to think of death because we're the ones left behind at this point as something that's hard and difficult and we resist it and all of that. You know what? On the other side, I'm guessing they think of death as a really good thing. woo I made it, you know? Completed the race, hit the end of the day. Here's, here's something that bugs me, just kind of a little thing. You know these, these things, the stories they tell of these people who like die and they, they go and they say Jesus and they see the angels and all of that and, and then God says to him, you gotta go back, you know? I'm telling you, if I've tasted of heaven and I come back, I'm going to have the worst attitude of any preacher you've ever seen in your life. I am going to be grumpy in a really big way. In fact, it might have to replace me, okay? Because I'm just telling you, once you taste of heaven, why would you want to come back, you know? Heaven is our home. We're going to have great fun and joy and friends. And I'll see my dad and my mom and my sister and my uncle and all those that have, that have gone before. And, and, and I'm going to get the new body, which I've been praying for since I was like done with puberty. And it's going to be taller and skinnier. Okay? I, I, I just want you to know heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. And then... Um, Discovering joy, there's some actions you can take uh, that I think will, will help in all of this. The, f- the first one is obey the Holy Spirit. Listen for the Holy Spirit. I-, I think sometimes we don't obey because we're not listening. You know, we're not doing that part of it. Yeah, um, we all understand the not listening. How, how many of you have had the experience if you have kids where you have said to them, you're not listening to me? Every parent, you know, once they get about, yeah, and, and you're not saying you're not hearing the words because they're bouncing, they're in the room, right? And they're bouncing off their ears. What you mean is you're not paying attention to me. And I think sometimes we're that way with the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's talking and we're too busy. We've got so many things going on. We're not really listening to what the Holy Spirit would have to say to us. And that looks different for everybody. But can I encourage you to obey Listen, listen for the Holy Spirit and follow his lead. And, and then the second thing you need to do is focus on God. I, I, this one, because you're all here, I, I guess I can say this without getting in trouble. Go to church. Go to church on Sunday. Be in church where you, God's people and the Spirit of God's moving and, and songs that, that inspire you and challenge you and preaching and prayer and all, all of those things. Study your Bible. Pick that thing up and read it you know? And if you really want a wild ride, read the Old Testament. There's some crazy stuff in there, 
you know, it's just it's all kinds of things that, read it, read it, and, and then prayer, you know, prayer is powerful, I, I just can't tell you how important that is uh, in, in our lives, it connects us to God in a way that nothing else does, and, and then um, volunteer, find your ministry, there is something powerful about giving our lives away, to others and, and expecting nothing in, in, in return. And all of you can volunteer and I really want to press you towards finding your ministry. Everybody has a, a ministry and, and it's easier or harder to find for, for some, you know. And sometimes that means trying some things that you're not as good at as you thought you were. You know, I've shared with you, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a worship pastor. And one day somebody said, nope, nah, not going to happen. <laughs> what are you trying to say? You know, It's like, that's not your thing. And then somebody said to me, well, you talk okay, you know? So, oh, oh, I really like to talk, you know? So I, it changed. find your ministry. I don't know what it is, but find your ministry. If you need to, hunt me down and say, Pastor, I need to, to do this. And then um, Native American religions talk about uh, finding your, your uh, animal guide or your spiritual animal. Are you familiar with that sort of thing? Well, this week I discovered my spiritual animal, okay? I'm ADHD and I struggle with all of this. So here it is. Resist spiritual ADHD. <laughs> I never knew that Finding Nemo had a spiritual lesson in it. <laughs> That's me, man. It's like, what? I forget stuff. I'm jumping from thing to thing. That's all of you that have ADHD. Here's your spiritual animal, okay? I just want you to know that. But seriously, it's easy to just be distracted with the world, okay? Avoid that kind of running from one thing to the next. And it's so easy to get focused on our circumstances. And, and, and here's the thing that, that really bothers me, is sometimes when I'm running a thousand directions, I can become what I think of as spiritually blind. I don't, I don't see what God is at. Or sometimes I, I see when, when bitterness or anger or shame or unforgiveness kind of get in, I, I get blind to what God wants to do because those emotions are so strong. And God wants to work it. That's back to obey the Holy Spirit. God wants to cleanse. Forgiveness is the greatest gift the world has ever known. Okay, when you forget, it doesn't do anything for the offender. Understand that, right? Nothing for them. It's completely about what God wants to do in, in your heart through all of this. And so here's the question I always ask this time of year. I wonder how often we miss God's joy because we're focused on the wrong thing. See, for an ADHD person, that's a pretty serious question. I wonder how often we miss God's joy. Not because we mean to miss God's joy, not because we're resisting God or we're rebelling against God, but simply focused on the wrong thing. And for those of you who don't know, about ADHD. One of the things that can happen is you can kind of work on something, and you get distracted, and then you get really focused on that, and the next thing the day is gone. The whole day, and it's like, I wasted a whole day. Can we try to avoid spiritual ADHD? I'll pray for you, and you pray for me, okay? We'll, we'll, we'll do that. And then here's what I just, if the band would come. Um, you bring God great joy. Okay, say to the person next to you, you bring God great joy. It took me a long time to figure that out, okay? Because of all my faults and failures and sin, God knows all of that about you. All the shame that we bring, God knows all of that about you, you know? I, it's, it's a part of what God did, has done. In fact, I, I think 
children have taught me more about some of this than ever before. Uh, and when you, the next thing after children is you level up and you get grandchildren, right? That's the really good stuff. My, my children with it over thanks, grandchildren were there. And you know what I discovered? I, this probably isn't true about yours. My grandchildren are not perfect. In fact, they fight and argue and resist and don't want to go to bed. And we, we had more tears in that week than we've had all the rest of the year, right? Because of things that were going on in some, some sort of way. But yet, even when they're imperfect, they bring me great joy. Great joy. In fact, Jody and I had to turn around because we were laughing, you know, and they didn't want the kids that were trying to support you, you know, but, but that's a part of it. I've, I've told you this before. One of the most impactful moments in my life was I was uh, in my football career in junior high, which kind of ended after that. Because I think in all the time I played football, a couple, three years, I only had one really good play, and this was it. I, uh, I was playing middle linebacker, which tells you how small we were, right? So I go running through the line, they hand it off, and this kid goes around on a sweep, right? He's got clear grass all the way to the end because we all got taken the other way. So I am going as fast as I can, and I know, believe it or not, when I was younger, I was pretty fast. And I go down there, and I, I tackled him at the end, and, you know, my team is cheering and all of that, and I got up and I turned to the sidelines where my dad was, and he was literally in midair from jumping up and going like this. And my dad was heavier than me, okay? And that just made such an impression on me. Because at this stage in my life, I know my heavenly father loves me more than my earthly father did. And I don't know about you, but I am telling you, you bring God great joy that God is cheering you on and he is for you. And he wants to give you joy when you focus uh, uh, on him. So this Sunday, this third Sunday, would you let the joy of the Lord into your heart? And that means focusing off all of the things that rob you of joy and focusing on God, amen? And that may not be a big emotional hit with that, but there's a deep, deep confidence. Just like we talk about peace that passes all understanding, makes no sense. Joy is the same way, this deep place in your heart. I want to close with, with uh, some words from Psalms. Let's sing this together. Let's sing this together. Let's, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> you may have to preach next week. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say this together. Our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give joy to these your people, Father. Help us to get our attention off of all the things that rob us of joy and onto you, Father, and all that you have done for us. Help us to remember all that you've done for us personally, all that you've done for our families, all that you are doing in the world, Father, that we might have the joy of the Lord. Even if the circumstances are difficult, Lord, you've got it. You, you are in charge of all of this, and one day the suffering will all be over and we'll be in your presence dancing. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Let's sing together. Hey, church family. Thank you so much for watching this video. We hope that God is inspiring you and working in your life. If so, make sure you send this video to a friend so that they can be impacted by the good news of the gospel as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel so that you don't miss a single video. And as always, we hope that God is continuing to work and move in your life. Thanks again for watching. God bless.